Turn your head and cough. But then you hit record and you're out the door anyway. Our whole relationship is a CD skipping away. Crush on the ray. Welcome to Crush on Radio again. Hello. 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 Oh, boy. Woo. Feel good. Yes. Should, should, Andrew, should we should we make the announcement? Um. Yeah, I think we should have a, a meetup of all of the legions of Crush on Radio fans at the Long Winter Show in New York City on October 18th at the Bowery Ballroom. Rich is going to be there. I'm going to be there. We're going to convince Matt to be there. It's going to be great. <laughs> yes, Matt. Come to New York, Matt. Despite the fact that the Longwitters are also playing in, in, in Seattle in November. You should... <laughs> and they're also basically a local band for me. <laughs> yes, you should still come to New York. Oh, my gosh. I've been to the Barry Ballroom uh, before. It's it's a nice venue. I have not. It's general admission, you say? Yes. Um, as I said, I, not only was have, have I been there, I've performed there. Ah. Is this an air guitar thing? Yes. Yes, the uh, New York City uh, semifinals were there this summer. Wonderful. And, yeah, I uh, got to go into the green room, and there was food, and there was lots and lots and lots of fancy beer. So was good. I, I, I was I was quite happy. That's pretty awesome. I'm pretty fired up about this show. I'm seeing Umphreys McGee in Bridgeport the night before at the Klein uh, in Bridgeport, and then we've got the Long Winters on, what is that, Friday, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Performing the entirety of their 2003 album, When I Pretend to Fall. We have yet to discuss a Long Winter's album on this podcast. Um, so we, we, should, may have we should to... discuss it post-performance. Yeah. Post post-performance. Okay, because I was thinking, like, we might need to do, like, a... Because I don't... Matt, I'm not sure about your uh, Long Winter's fandom, but, I mean, I am more than qualified to speak about the entire discography. Um <laughs> being three and a half albums so we <laughs> should we might have to do a, a, a dedicated long winter show in the wake or pre-wake of this event okay well the thing is i'm not like a huge long winters fan i don't even know if i have <sighs> any of the albums oh <sighs> i i've seen john roderick a few times live just because he'll show up at shows but hey. <laughs> yeah i mean i've seen john play in new york once as a solo performance and he only played for like an hour or an hour and 10 minutes um so this will be my first long winter's experience uh and i could not be more erect <laughs> nice um mm -hmm. yeah i'm looking forward to it too and uh yeah as, as we get closer let me know what your plans are because maybe you know if we can like um i work in town we can grab like food or something pre-show or something if you want yeah it's gonna be uh, a pretty big soiree i think because i have a friend in uh new york whom i've been meaning to a college friend from new york um from new york who i've been meaning to uh hang out with and um she is a big long winters fan she actually in introduced me to the long winters so hopefully um, she'll be able to uh, attend and she's a brooklynite so she is also familiar with the city and i think we're going to meet at least one if not more uh internet friends from from the uh, geek world, so yeah, yeah, it looks that way. So it'll be a thing. It's gonna be huge. Yeah, and my my concert schedule has gotten bloated this uh, this fall. Um, Thursday, this coming Thursday, the twelfth, I am seeing Per Ubu. Um, hmm. Yeah, I I know you're you're all terribly excited for me. Uh, yep. 
Well, actually, I've like you sent me the link to their uh, their kind of sort of rider thingy, which you should throw in the notes because it's kind of awesome and kind of hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it, they have this ridiculous protocols page on their website, and just reading it, you can tell that they only came up with this list of stuff and requirements because they've gone through hell and they want to avoid it in the future. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Thursday is Per Ubu. Uh, then on the twenty fifth, it's uh, I'm seeing Icona Pop, the the uh, mm. the two girls from Sweden who did that I Love It song mm-hmm. and other songs as well, yeah, as you know. They don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, then October is when things really get crazy because um, friends of the show Hot Guts have a show on October 5th. On October 16th, I'm seeing Savages, who are probably going to be a pick at some point in the very near future. Um, then on the 18th, it's The Long Winters. Then on the 28th, it's Sparks. <sighs> and then finally, on November 2nd, I'm seeing They Might Be Giants perform their entire first album. Wow. Neat. Hell of a lineup. Yeah, my my uh, concert schedule so far is pretty empty. It's just except for uh, I think on the thirtieth of October, I think is Janelle Monet, which I am hell of excited about because she is amazing. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Oh, speaking of concerts, things did you ever watch that Nine Inch Nails Lollapalooza video? Oh no, I keep spacing on that. Okay. <clears throat> well, it's not going anywhere. Well, yeah. Nope. We hope. <laughs> so, um, if you are in Seattle, New York City, or uh, anywhere in the Northeast where Andrew is going to be, um, say hi. Yep, we're going to be there. It's going to be great. Do you think that um, on the Bowery Ballroom website, it says Long Winters performing when I pretend to fall, and then there are like five other bands listed. Is this like a, I'm not really familiar with these types of shows. Usually there's like one opening act and then the, the headliner. So is this like Eleanor Friedberger, Ruben in the Dark, Can Wakan, Promised Land Sound, and Okta Lown, Logue. Are these all bands that are going to be playing as well that night? I think so. Uh, the oh, only man. one of those I know is Eleanor Friedberger. Mm-hmm. And she rules. Good. She yeah. like. Uh, do you know the Fiery Furnaces? No. Oh, okay, because that's, that's her band, too. Like She's the vocalist of the Fiery Furnaces, and she's done a few, uh, I guess, two solo records, but she is awesome. Terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if they're going to play, if they're going to do, like, because normally when I've seen a, a couple bands, I think, do perform... Uh, records in their entirety and usually it's like a kind of a two set thing like they'll do like a a first set of assorted songs and then the second set will be the entirety of the album and then an encore but i'm wondering if because of the intense lineup here show starts at 7 30 if they're just going to do when i pretend to fall i don't know but i will say this keep in mind uh closing time for venues in new york is 4 a.m ah wow so uh That's we're probably good. not going to be there until 4 a.m but we're definitely going to be there at least until midnight yeah i would expect nothing less so yeah Six hours for all that. We'll probably get a good show out of it. Let's just say that. Anyway, yeah, time <laughs> we've to got reach. we've got records to talk about. We do. Yeah. Um. We're all the way around. I think I. I think we're we're back to me now. Are we? Okay. I th- I thought you went first last time, but I don't remember. I don't know if it really matters though. So go for it. <laughs> you know, I, I I do this because I, I believe everyone should get a chance to go first, and no one should dominate the the picks section. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a noble goal. I'm just, you know. Yeah. I mean, if you have a, a poor pick, you know, if somebody always hates Matt's picks and he always goes first, you know, it's going to be difficult for them to listen to the show. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everyone <sighs> hates my picks. <laughs> it's not always true. 
No, no. And as you'll, as we'll find out today, that's definitely not true. Um, but now, uh, my pick this week is, uh, the new album by Franz Ferdinand. And to repeat my joke from last episode, not the former Archduke, but mm-hmm. the band that shares the name. I figured the Archduke's album would just be kind of silent because he's kind of dead and it's World War One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that wasn't me being silent. That was me trying to play the sample. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now let's hear the hook. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, uh, Franz Ferdinand, uh, they've been around for a while. I, uh, part of the post-punk dance rock revival kind of deal, mm-hmm. uh, this is their fourth record, and uh, I'm, I've been a fan of them for a while. Uh, I think, uh, um, yeah, you, know, you probably know, they were everywhere for a while when they, when, they got, when they got big. I'm sure you know, like... Uh, Take Me Out. Take Me Out, yeah. Yeah. Um, no You Girls from their uh, album before this one. I think it was a big one. Um, oh, goodness. Uh, I'm just, I'm looking here. Uh, do You Want To? Uh, just this, all these, uh, yeah, Jack Taylor Tonight, um, Darts of Pleasure, the, these uh, big, big hit songs. And uh, now they've got their fourth album out. And uh, it's called Right Thoughts, Right Words, Right Action. And if there's any Buddhists in the audience, yes, we got the reference. Mm-hmm. And uh, the song that, that really caught my attention on here was uh, Love Illumination. So uh, let's hear a little of that now. Oh, we could love, we could love you. If you need somebody to love you. While you're looking for somebody to love. Honest, the reason I picked this song over all the others is because, dude, it has horns, okay? <laughs> I- I'm a sucker for horn sections, and it- it's always just a really damn good song. Um, you know, if it doesn't, like, get your mo- bo- booty shaking as a rock song, then, you know, it- it- there's something wrong with you if you can't, if you're not, like, groove into this. Yeah. Horn. <laughs> <laughs> so Hornography. I hope- <laughs> so I hope you were grooving. Hornographic. Okay, I get the point. It's going to be the the show title, okay? You win. I think that one was just too on the nose. <laughs> Hornish. Hornish game hen? Maybe. Hornish game hens, exactly. <laughs> They're just like regular chickens. Horn on the cob. So, Is that all you have to say about Franz Ferdinand? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean this. This isn't exactly my favorite Franz Ferdinand album, but I it's it's well they only have four albums, so you know how. I think this is like three out of the four. Mm-hmm. So that's that sounds bad, but it's not because all four albums are pretty darn good. So wait, anyway. what did you say? Where did you rank this? Three out of the four. The third out of the four. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, because I think it goes. Yeah, tonight Franz Ferdinand, which is their album before this one, is is actually my real favorite because. That's just so out there. Then there's the self-titled debut. Then there's this. Then there's You Can Have It So Much Better, which has kind of the sophomore slump thing happening for it. Yeah. But they're all good. So it's like, it sounds like it's bad because it's in the lower half of the discography, but it's a four-disc discography. Okay. Right. 
are we ready for uh, our uh, feedback? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. great. I love I, it. I, I think it's so good. I thought um, you were scaring me. I thought you were like you had nothing to say about it. No, I just thought you, had, <laughs> I thought you were going to say more. But um, I know nothing of Franz Ferdinand, like so many picks on this show. And this totally blew me away from like the first the opening notes of right action. Like I love the whole thing. I think it's awesome. I think it grooves. The energy is great, but there are also dynamics in there. Um, and it's just unique. I mean, I haven't heard the other Franz Ferdinand records, but I'm definitely going to check them out now. Uh, but it just, for me, it was like the right record at the right time when I put it on and it sounds great. It's, um, I've been listening to it probably more than any other record since you, uh, mentioned it as a pick rich. And, um, I think it's great. It just grooves. I don't know if I would pick Love Illumination as the hook track. That's probably one of my it's still it's a great song, but it's probably one of the the um less memorable tracks for me. I like Stand on the Horizon and uh some of the others, but um yeah, overall great pick. Probably one of my favorite picks on the show in recent memory. So, well done. Thank you. Matthew? Yeah, like what likewise I I love it. I um I mean, I I I've been digging on uh Friends for Dan for a while like uh just, you know, because, well, I mean, for one, I mean, like, Take Me Out, which I think is their debut single, at least it was the the first one that really broke huge, is such a great, great single. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's like this really great rock song that you just go like, yeah, and I mean, it's got such a really cool angular hook that it just sticks in you. And then pretty much all of their singles have been doing that. And then you get the albums, and the albums are pretty much the same way. And it's so... Yeah, I it's one where like I, I knew that I was gonna get this album, you know, whether or not you picked it or not, which you did, so there you go. But I mean it's like yeah, I mean I, this was definitely one that was on my on my list of cool stuff anyway. And um I loved the the two singles from it, the um the uh, initial teaser of um right action, uh with the kind of cool uh lyric video that's kind of takes its cues from like the old uh penguin uh paperbacks and then also the uh love and love illumination which is a real great song too so yes i'm like i am 100 percent pro franz ferdinand and yeah i think it's really cool mm. yeah, yeah did I like you guys listen angular. to the live album by the way the, the, live, the, the live tracks uh, i haven't haven't uh, gone through those yet but i'm looking forward to that too yeah okay. i haven't either i've just been listening and re-listening to the 10 the 10 uh, studio tracks. Okay, fair enough. Mm. But yeah, I like the word angular that um, Matt used to describe it because it is it is kind of, it's hard to describe the groove. It's like, it's syncopated, but it's also, I don't know, it's just, it's difficult to describe, but it's very, it has a unique feel to it that kind of makes you just need to bounce up and down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I always like the, like, like it when they have the um, really like, and you get a, a lot of this in, in the more dance oriented rock, like um, Talking Heads uh, did this a lot too, where it's uh, the very bright, brittle kind of guitar sound, where it's like with the uh, like the pickup switches all the way in the uh, right position, <laughs> you know, and yeah. so it's the the back pickup, so it has this really tingy kind of sound, and it just it always sounds so brittle to me, but in the best way, and I I love that sound. Mm. And you, you get that a lot with like Franz Ferdinand as well as, you know, but it's like, it's that kind of new wavy, brittle guitar. And I just love that. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're definitely cribbing from the masters. Yeah. It does have quite a talking heads uh, vibe, which I approve of. 
Yeah, the earlier stuff was a little more like a pop gang of four, so. Yeah, I can see that. And we'll we'll talk gang of four on this show sometime, I'm sure. I thought we actually did already. Or maybe not. Have we? Uh, I don't think so. Doesn't sound familiar. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm looking through the through the through the thing and the thing. Okay. I, I I'd kind of like to hear a Franz Ferdinand version of Anthrax. I think. <laughs> I don't know. Nobody else can do that song besides uh, Gang of Four. Yeah, great one though. Okay. So I think okay, I think we can move on now. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um. So uh, Andrew, you're up. Mm. Well, since Rich has clearly won the show already, uh, so from there... It's not about winning. <laughs> so from there, we're going to go to the opposite end of the spectrum of appreciation. And um, my pick for this week is the new John Mayer record. It's called Paradise Valley, which was released on uh, August 16th of this year. And... Um, We've talked about uh, John Mayer once in on this show. I think we talked about Born and Raised uh, a few months ago. And let's play the opening track, Wildfire, uh, for the folks, and then we will get into the uh, discussion of the record. River strong, you can swim inside it. We could string some lights up the hill beside it. Tonight the moon's so bright you could, you could drive with your headlights out Cause a little bit of summer's what the whole year's all about So, I'm going into this predisposed with the knowledge that Matt and Rich are fairly anti-John Mayer. I think Matt didn't hate born and raised which was a victory right yeah if i recall correctly so that's that's right (laughs) and i'm going to be the first to admit that if you dislike john mayer this record is not going to do anything to change your mind but what i would like to bring attention to is the fact that is this sort of a couple of larger points i think okay so overall the record itself i think it's pretty good i don't think it's his best record i think it's a solid collection of songs which you could say about all of his records um it's a continuation of this sort of folksy kind of Americana type uh, Dylan inspired sort of feel that he's been into since 2012. And it's I don't know. I've been trying to think about how to describe it in comparison to Born and Raised. Born and Raised feels like a bigger record to me, even though it's kind of more acoustic. It feels like there's more depth to it. Maybe it's probably a much longer record. Paradise Valley is only 39 minutes. Um but it just feels like Born and Raised has a little bit more depth and it's a little bit more expansive. Paradise Valley is more of a a short kind of back uh, front porch with the guitar sort of record. Um, I would say it's probably a little bit more electric too. But at the same time, it's not really – there aren't too many, um, if any, real up like heavy hitting blues numbers. I mean Wildfire, You Call, Call Me the Breeze is probably one of the heavier songs and the rest are kind of – uh, more laid back. So anyway, great record. If you're a John Mayer fan, you'll probably like it. If you're not a John Mayer fan, it's not going to change uh, change any lives. So the, the point that I'd like to make is that there's this great record. I tweeted it, um, and I forget who linked to it originally, but I tweeted uh, this article on The Atlantic by John Hamlin, I think his name is, and it's called Enjoying John Mayer's New Album Does Not Make You a Bad Person. And it's a great article that really kind of Um, summarizes my feelings about the whole John Mayer thing. And one of his principal arguments is the 
difference between disliking the artist and disliking the music. And he makes an interesting point um, with, I think, oh, I forget who he talks about. It's like Ben Folds, Ben Folds or somebody like that who is like on his fourth marriage but has um, – but is revered for his, you know, songs about love and, and this and that and the other thing. And John Mayer's songs, by contrast, are so autobiographical in a lot of ways that it's difficult to separate his music from the man. So if you dislike the man because of his public persona, which I would argue has um, softened in um, recent years, we don't we can go into that later if you guys want to. But if you if you continually associate the man with his music, then it's definitely going to be difficult to appreciate. The songs himself because you think John Mayer's a douchebag well then obviously it's gonna be difficult to like the records it's the same one thing with Kanye West right um, I was gonna you know. bring that up and I got a chance to talk yeah right yeah it's like the same thing like I enjoy a lot of the music on Jesus but you know the dude is just so intolerable to me that it's difficult for me to appreciate the songs and I think John Mayer feels into the same sort of camp not in the um you know racism ejaculating on white women sense but in the the kind of you know douchey bro phase that he uh, underwent in the early 2010s I think right after battle studies this was when the the infamous Play, playboy interview and stuff came out and oh, where is where is Dick's the Klansman that one yeah where his Dick's the Klansman and Jessica Simpson is sexual napalm and that whole period of infamy and I'm, I'm gonna let you guys talk in a second but I think that you really have to kind of First of all, I think that the douchebag phase was definitely a real thing. Like if you listen to the the live album where the light is and he just the stage banter in between songs and him going on about love and you know, it's just it comes off as really douchey and pretentious. And since that period, after Born and Raised came out and he took 3 years out of the spotlight and he had to undergo all the vocal surgery because he had um granul- granulomas on his throat which really caused him to do, you know, he couldn't literally couldn't sing for however long, a year or two years or three years or whatever it was. And he's mentioned in interviews how he was stuck as like a 28-year-old for like five years. And I think he really has um, sort of outgrown that douchebaggy phase. And I think he does look back on it with a certain amount of self-awareness. And whether or not you like the new direction, I think it does show these Paradise Valley and Born and Race are certainly more mature records than anything that he's put out in the past. I don't know if they're better records than Continuum or, you know, any of the others, but I think that they are more honest records, and I think that that's something he would um, agree with. So, I don't know. I'm going to uh, let you guys retort, um, but that's kind of where I am with uh, my continued def- defense of John Mayer. So, well, get me. Whatever, however, I don't have any real opinion on him as a person. I never read the interview. I uh, don't pay any attention to him mm. uh, in general. Uh, that, that that sounds a little more dismissive than I intended it. Um, so it, it wasn't intended to be dismissive. It was intended to just be like, you know, this guy's just like not really on my radar until you bring him up. Yeah. So, um, but you can understand that why, why I'm hedging on that a little bit. Sure. So like, so I don't really. I mean, I I, I heard his name and like I know he's a guy and he apparently. I mean, when, when you were talking when we were talking about him, this was a season one episode fifteen, by the way, when we talked about him the first time. Ah. Uh, yeah, that was the episode Collecting Records with Ant. Oh, yeah. Oh, very nice. Yeah. We gotta get more guests on the show again. Anyway, totally. um, we'll work on that. Um, so, where, where were we? Oh, yeah. Uh, John uh, Mayer. Yes, John Mayer. So, I have no opinion about the John Mayer as a person. Um, I just really, I really don't, because mm-hmm. he doesn't, he's not in my radar. I don't, I hear more about Kanye than I do about John Mayer. Sure. And I don't really follow Kanye either. 
So <laughs> yeah, I mean, think I think that he has been, I mean, largely out of the spotlight except for uh, the release of the records because he has, you know, he moved to Montana and I forget how long, and he's really kind of stepped out of the public spotlight and gotten past that whole pop star sort of persona. Right. In so any case, is he a dental floss tycoon now? <laughs> in any case let's talk to uh, wrench the conversation back to the record yeah um you know what I, the, the vibe i got from this record was basically middling country music it's not like it, it's it sounded like a country record mm. um not like a robbie folks record just like but not also not like a uh oh what's a what's a famous contemporary country musician the intolerable kind um taylor uh, swift yeah, Taylor Swift or no, no Taylor Swift's like country infused teeny pop, uh, like actual country country, like the kind of shit you'd hear on the country and western station. Uh, who's uh, that? Taylor jerk? Swift, Tim McGraw, <laughs> Tim McGraw. That's it. Or, okay. Yeah, who, and who who's the douchebag with the taco hat? Uh, um, <laughs> I don't know. I think that's most of them, dude. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it it wasn't like one of those terrible contemporary country albums where everything is all steel guitars and you know auto-tuned whiny vocals mm. and how you know america is awesome and if you're not a white christian male you're a horrible person yeah. oh toby keith that's the guy yeah no <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it wasn't that but it wasn't good country like you know classic johnny cash or all good all country like robbie Falk. So it was just it sounded like a country country and rec- country record that yeah you'd hear in the background of like uh you know, if, they, if they need like country generic country music to play in the background of a scene in like middle of nowhere America, I guess it wasn't offend. It didn't offend me. It didn't dra- make me go crazy. I, I didn't. It's like it, the worst. It, this seems like the almost the worst thing I could say about it is that it was there mm-hmm. and it was competently performed, competently sung, mid grade country. Yeah, I mean the the country um, critique is a common point of view. I think especially fans teenage fans who have had difficulty following him through this transition musically. But I mean, it really, it's, it's a, it, it, it is a country album, isn't it? Pretty much. Uh, I guess so. I mean, I had a country, I do not, I cannot do country music. It's not, um, I've tried, I've, you know, one of my, uh, my girlfriend in college was a big country person and I tried and I could not do it. It's just impenetrable to me. And, uh, for some reason, Wait, this what, record, what did you stand on Robbie Folks? Where did I stand on Robbie Falks? I think it was good while I was listening to it, but I haven't listened to it since. You know, it didn't motivate me to stick with it. Okay. Um, but yeah, but for some reason, I don't know, maybe because it's it's John Mayer, but it's not um, – it doesn't strike – part of it's a country record or very country sounding, but I don't think you can really classify it as a country record on the whole. Like if it was in the country section of a record store, I think it wouldn't be misplaced. I mean, I don't have a problem with country music. I have a problem with contemporary country. Mm. So that's just, I just want to make that clear. Okay. I think it's kind of funny because I think of the three of us, I'm pretty much the the one who is more the most familiar with country music. Mm-hmm. You know, both um, contemporary as well as uh, alt, and and of course classic, of course too. And aside from, um, I think it's uh, you're no one till someone lets you down, which is. Like, kind of sounds like a born and raised outtake. Yeah. I don't think nice. this is a country record <laughs> at all. Like, to me, this just sounded like st- straight up uh, John Mayer style AAA music. Hmm. 
And I mean, wildfire is a little bit, you know, but not like to me, uh, like, like wildfire, you could kind of sort of make a case for, but the rest of it just seemed like triple A to me. And I, I don't know if it's just because like, I, I'm the one of us who does listen to country or, you know, or, or if, I'm just particularly cranky about my like uh, classifications here or what, but yeah. these don't need to be mutually exclusive. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah, but but honestly, I like um, like I I would say that Born and Raised was a country record, and I actually like like you said, I didn't hate that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and but like I do not get the country vibe at all from Paradise Valley, aside from those two tracks. Mm. Um, and as such, this one was a complete miss for me because it was like, uh, I guess like born and raised was kind of a curveball in that it wasn't completely a John Mayer album. Yeah. This one's a John Mayer album. <laughs> That's interesting. <clears throat> Pardon. Sorry. Um, I, yeah, I like, um, the only track on here that I really did like was the, I, and it is, uh, you're no one, right? That's the one that actually sounds really born and raised or is that badge and gun? I don't know because I was um, I attended a John Mayer concert uh, when he was in Hartford a couple of weeks ago uh, or a few weeks ago, and um, the concert was great. Uh, but there was a a fan behind me who was talking to her girlfriend, and um, I tweeted that she was clearly a much bigger John Mayer fan than I was in the sense that she was analyzing the crap out of out of um, the record, which was you know a couple days from release at that point, and she was talking to her friend and. She was um, pr- she was saying some really insightful things about this record in comparison to his other records and stuff, and which was refreshing to me because usually I'm that guy who's like <laughs> a 200% fan dealing with the, the casual conversations of casual fans around me, which can be very frustrating. <laughs> yeah. um, but she, was, she said to her friend, like, there's, there's one country song on the new record, um, but you'll like the rest because it's pop. Um, and I think I I don't know. I've been trying to figure out. I think it's got to be your no until someone lets you down or or badge and gun. Yeah, because um, I know it's it's on the back half of the record. And I I want to say it's uh, your no one, but mm. but yeah. But I mean, regardless, it's one of those two. And I would definitely go along with uh, what the uh, the uh, Uber fan there was saying. Just mm-hmm. just because honestly, like I did not hear really much in the way of country on on the rest of the album. It it just seemed like straight up uh, John Mayer AAA kind of to, to me, and uh, that that stuff totally leaves me cold. <laughs> yeah, you Can know, you, regardless uh, on whether or not it's by John Mayer, you know, mm. but especially when it's John John Mayer, I just go, uh, and that's kind of what I was doing here. Yeah. Matt, can you define the phrase AAA in reference to media? Because I've been hearing that a lot lately, particularly in terms of AAA video games with the new systems coming out. So can you just define what a AAA oh. song would be for the listeners? Uh, sorry. Uh, AAA has nothing to do with the video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, triple, AAA is a, 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 it's a radio format, and it uh, oh. stands for, um, uh, what is it, um, Adult Album Alternative. Ah. And, and basically, um, it's kind of a grown-up version of college radio, I guess, is the way to kind of see it or, uh, or describe it. Like, um, a lot of uh, AAA kind of stuff, like, for me, like, and I, I've made this joke before, I think, like, especially to, like, friends at work, you know, just because we all know, you know, those kind of things because we are in radio and all. But, like, it's, like, like half of AAA I really, really like, and then half of AAA I just, like, despise. 
And because like AAA is kind of is pretty much evenly split between the you know guy with a guy with an acoustic guitar, the John Mayer kind of stuff, or Jack Johnston, or you know the, those kind of folks. And then you have like the kind of weird and cool, um, kind of weird, tr- kind of weird uh, college rocky stuff. And gotcha. yeah, it's like. Yeah, and so that that's that's what uh, AAA is like. If you let me uh, look up real quick a uh, trip a AAA playlist from like one of our local stations. Hmm. What uh, does it stand for again? Adult. Adult album alternative, I think it is. Adult album alternative. That makes a lot of sense while you're looking for that playlist, and I think that would be a much more accurate way to classify the record. And now that I'm looking at it in the context of his entire discography, I think Paradise Valley is a lot more um akin to battle studies which came out in 2009 that we haven't talked about but battle studies was criticized for having that sort of adult contemporary um feel to it and now that i look at paradise valley in contrast to battle studies it is they are much more similar than born and raised and paradise valley are and paradise valley looks like it would be more born and raised ask because of, especially because of the album art you've got the country real montana sort of vibe but i think musically uh calling it triple a is much uh more accurate so that's fascinating yeah um like I, uh there's a local station that actually they just went hd only they used to be on the main fm channel until like i think this week but i mean just kind of looking at it they they don't have a playlist up they do have a uh list of artists that they do play on their thing. And just looking at like the A section, it's like, uh, I'm just going to read a few of them just so you can kind of get a, an idea, but there's like Adele, um, uh, airborne toxic event, Alanis Morissette, Alejandro Escovedo, uh, the Almond brothers, um, Andrew bird, mm-hmm. um, Augustana and like the Yvette brothers. Yeah. And so, I mean, you, you get kind of a, a mix or, I mean, you have like, you know, the more, rocky like uh airborne toxic event but then and they're still in that like kind of college rock vein or same with like kind of amy mann is kind of on both and then you have like the more country alejandro escovedo um and the yvette brothers but but yeah it's like yeah or uh let's see it's a good like under d they have like damian rice the damn wells dave matthews mm-hmm. david gray death cab um uh, I just want head. you to know that my eyes twitching because of all these first names under <laughs> letters. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't design the site. I didn't design the site. <laughs> um, but yeah, or or OAR. I don't know if that's or or just it's OAR. OAR. Yeah. It is okay. Uh, One Eskimo, um, Taj Mahal, Toad the Wet Sprocket. They actually have Tom Waits listed on their site, which is kind of. Odd because I don't think I've ever heard Tom Waits on the mountain. <laughs> uh, Tori Amos, Train, so Trombone Shorty, who are actually kind of cool. So you know, it's it's that kind of mix though. Is yeah, if that if that kind of makes sense. Because I mean, like at least for me, like even though a lot of those artists are pretty different, I can kind of hear them in a in a same sort of, I guess triple A sort of thing. And that could be just because I. I do work in radio, so I have that kind of background that I just sort of, you know, go like, oh, well, yes, of course this makes sense. But mm. 
Hmm. So, but I mean, if, if that that at least kind of throws throws a a little bit of uh, of a bone there to you about what what I mean when I say AAA, and I, I'm sorry, I sometimes I use jargon like that that I forget that is well jargon and not stuff that everybody knows. That's okay. <laughs> I just I assume that AAA was just like ultra mainstream almost. No, no, oh. no. The, it's more the opposite, honestly. Hmm. I mean, it's like like usually like. You know, stuff from AAA will cross over, but it usually doesn't happen the other way around. Hmm. It's like every once in a while you'll get like a stuff that will like start on like a AAA station and they'll eventually go over to like AC or Adult Contemporary. Yeah. But and and there once in a while you'll get like an uh something that'll hit both. Like a lot of times John Mayer will hit both, just depending on the song, of course. Gotcha. Okay. But, well, thanks. Yeah. That that really helps me contextualize the record in within his uh, discography. So that's pretty cool. I will say before we, because I want to get to Matt's pick, but um, you know, love him or hate him, I think that you do have to kind of at least begrudgingly acknowledge um, his musicianship. And even though he hasn't really been showcasing his guitar playing lately, seeing him in concert just really gave me a further appreciation of his of his um, musicality. And I think that he is going to be considered one of the sort of preeminent pop songwriters of our generation, because even though you may not like, and this is actually a topic that I want to get to with Matt's pick, even though you may not like an artist, it he really, the man knows how to write a song. And even if the songs have nothing to do with you, um, he still is quite a, uh, quite a craftsman in that regard. So yeah, you can't. You can acknowledge someone's a technical ability and skill without that actually without having to like it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah I think that's been like a recurring theme. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and well, thank I, you and guys I, for. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I would say that with John Mayer. I mean, like, his stuff is not for me, but I I've heard stuff so much more that's like like that's like legitimately bad. <laughs> yeah. Again, working in radio. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, putting the uh, the time in to uh, listen to it and give it a shot. So yeah, Fair yeah. Sure. Well, yeah. Well, I always I always figured. I mean, it's like you know, I think it's our duty to to give these things a shot, even if we're like kind of predisposed to not like them. Because, like I said, I was kind of surprised with Born and Raisin that I didn't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't hate I didn't hate Born and Raisin. I didn't hate this. It's just like, eh. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't have anything to, to do with you. Yeah. Right. We've got to talk about we got. Well, we're at 41 minutes. We got to talk about X-ray specs and uh, kicking ass. Do um, and, and do we got to talk okay a little bit about leaks? Yeah, you sound fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, we were going to talk. You, sound, you sound really tinny, both of you, all of a sudden. Oh, uh, Skype. Oh, we you know ah, I was okay. going to try like a Skype alternative today. Never mind. Too late That's, now. All right. Anyway, um, yeah, X-ray specs. Okay. Um, that 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 one's me, as you kind of figured, because I'm the only one left. <laughs> um, and yeah, I I love X-ray specs. Uh. They only really did one album. There was like a 90s reunion thingy where they did a second album that was called Conscious, Conscientious Consumer, but it, let's not talk about that one. <laughs> that good, huh? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> it, it's kind of funny because like uh, when I the, – the first album that I had of X-Ray Specs because they – they're well, like I said, there's only the one, but they keep re-releasing it as different – with different – bonus tracks and whatever and there was one where it was like uh the one that i had first was one where it was like all of the x-ray specs stuff or the original uh completely reordered which is weird 
um, plus a live album, plus some demos, and then also a couple of tracks from Conscientious Consumer. And it was like kind of funny because it was like, this is awesome, this is awesome, this is awesome. Ooh. <laughs> and then that, that's like when you hit the, the Conscientious Consumer tracks and you're just sort of like... Yeah, no. I, I think I think when I ended up like ripping that the first time, I ended up like skipping those two because <laughs> they they were not good. Um, <laughs> but that's yeah, one of the weird things with this album is that which is germ free adolescence. By the way, I, I remember I didn't actually say the title. Um, is that like there's like a bunch of versions of it, and it seems like they always like fuck around with the track listing or the track order, which is weird because the original track order, which I believe. Let me double check. I believe the one that I posted is the correct track order, but let me double check. Yeah, yeah, that the that is indeed the, the correct track listing. Um, but it's it's weird because like for me the the original the real track listing makes perfect sense as an album, and a lot of times the random let's put all the tracks in a blender and see what comes out don't work oddly enough <laughs> um who, who would have expected like if you just pull tracks at random from an album that's actually composed as an album it doesn't work as well jeez that's a surprise turns out <laughs> yes turns out uh, anyway um why don't we actually hear a little bit like uh, the track that i picked is one of my favorites which is identity so let's hear a little bit of that now Um, but yeah, I, I, I just love that track. And I mean, the thing that I, I love is that it's with the X-ray specs is that they were very, a, a very like political punk band, honestly. I mean, like there's a lot of them around that time, of course, but they really wore their politics on their sleeve. And there was like a very feminist, uh, political sleeve wearing thing. I, I mean, you have like identity, which I mean, is so much about not seeing who you are in the media it, and it's like I don't know. I, I I and it's also just kind of about you know people's reaction to the or uh, relationship to the media in general as well. I mean, like you know the whole like uh, do you see yourself in the TV screen? Do you like uh, the and the bit about you know do you um, take the glass glasses slash your wrists? Did you do it before you read about it? You know, it's just. I, I don't know. I just really, really dig it. And then, of course, the the classic single like "Oh Bondage Up Yours," uh, which actually isn't officially on the album because it's that that British thing of like how a lot of times like singles and albums and never the twain shall meet, you know. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but yeah, I just love this. I love the horns on it. Um, and that was kind of one of their their hooks was that you know they were a, a punk band with a saxophone, and I. I just love this record. I, I you know, I, I, I was kind of surprised that I, it took so long for me to talk about it, actually. So, um, what do you guys think? I'll get it out of the way first. I love this record. Okay, good. Uh, 
you know, nothing else to say beyond what you said, really, because it's just so good. I, I will say this. I did have one of the original, originally I had one of the CD, ver- the versions that had the track list all screwy. Mm. Was it uh, the one that was called The Anthology? No, no, Okay, because no, 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 no. that was the one that I had that was the, my first one. And it was, like, maddening, too, because, like, the, the designer should have been shot because, like, there was this really long essay in there in the liner notes that folded out like a poster. But the thing is, is that like you couldn't read half of it because the colors, it had this, all these like day glow colors, except that they didn't bother to make them stand out against the text. Ooh, no, 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 no. And uh, um, I had just some sort of some generic CD version with the track list all weird. Mm. Uh, anyway, um, so I got to, now I have, so this, you, this was like this mega awesome two disc version that you provided. So, that's that's awesome. Yeah, you, I think you got the peel sessions. You got all these demos that I haven't actually bothered listening to yet. But uh. yeah, what I ended up doing, I think, is I because I've bought this record like two or three times. I ended up just saying fuck it and went on what and basically downloaded the various extra versions and kind of cobbled together one that you know. Yeah. Just because it's like, you know, I've already bought the album like three times. I'm I'm sick of rebuying it, so. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I, I, but, I don't think a court would convict me on that one. <laughs> yeah. So this this is a great this is just a classic of of the genre. And uh, as I briefly mentioned at the end of last week's episode, you know, rest in peace, Polly Styrene, you know, the singer. She she passed away from uh, breast and breast cancer. I think so. Ago. Yeah, and I'm yeah, looking about her a, up on the on the Wikipedia, and uh, yeah, yeah, about two years ago, I think breast cancer that spread to her spine and lungs. Oh, ooh, it's awful. Yeah. Well, now I feel bad. <laughs> the um, what is the genre? Punk. It punk. It, it's uh, it's okay, punk with right. a saxophone. With a saxophone. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I think that. Uh, I listen okay, so I listened to the record twice. I listened to it once last night, um, which may have contributed to the migraine that I suffered for most of the evening. <laughs> oh, and geez. I listened to it one no, I'm just kidding. And then I listened to it once this morning. And the second listen was more enjoyable than the first. But the, the, the first migraine laden listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean I listened to the record several hours before my migraine hit me. But um the I found much of the music is great. I have a problem with the vocals, and now I feel bad that she's dead. But um, the vocals were kind of painful for me. And I get that this is this might be a characteristic of the genre. I'm not a huge punk connoisseur. Um, but I was thinking as I was listening to it today in the shower, and I was like, if you replaced her vocal track with just a guitar for the entirety of the record. I mean, I only listened to the, to the 12 uh, studio tracks. So what is that, 37 or 38 minutes or something? If you replaced her vocal track with a guitar, like you would get pretty tired of that guitar pretty quickly. And that's kind of how it was for me. Um, there were no, there were not a lot of dynamics to her vocal delivery. It was pretty much high energy about 90% of the time. And I enjoyed tracks like Warrior and Woolworths, which were softer. Um, and less abrasive to my ears, but even on tracks like the the title track "Germ Free Adolescence," like where there where there is some sort of vocal melody, it is so turned to eleven at all times that it um, was painful to me to listen to. It's like when you when you turn speaking of turning to eleven, like when you turn the volume knob up past the point where 
Okay, now it's not just loud. It's also kind of distorted and painful to listen to. That's where her vocals were for me most of the time. Um, that being said, the second, the second listen was more um, tolerable than the first. So maybe this is something that could grow on me. Most of the music was great. Um, but her vocals, even though it's a fairly short record, not including not including the seven billion uh, bonus tracks, um, it was too much. Uh, it was a lot for me to handle. Like I was pretty exhausted by the time I got to the the day the world turned day glow on both both instances. Um, so sorry, <laughs> but, but I did listen to it twice, which is more I can say for uh, most of the picks on this show that you guys provide. Um, but. Uh, but okay, I mean, I here's where back. you're wrong. No, um, <laughs> uh, now I, I can understand where you're coming from with the vocals. I, I, I think like Matt and I are so used to different style vocals that this was like, yeah, nothing to us. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think there is this is kind of in that, you know, punk vein. I mean, I don't I don't think that like vocally like she's all that different than a lot of, you know, punk singers. So, I mean, I, I think that uh, might partly be, you know, you know, because as you said, you're, you know, you're just not really into punk. And that 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 I think that's probably one of the reasons why, because, I mean, I think if you listen to, you know, other other, um, you know, classic punk albums, you're probably going to have more or less the same problem. Yeah. Mm. Like, I, I, I think she has less sneer than you get a lot with those. But I mean, there is some some level of sneer there as well of course but yeah but i mean i don't think she's as sneery as say like you know johnny rotten on the on the sex pistols record mm. yeah um i will say this uh she probably is a better vocalist than uh the wigan sisters were <laughs> uh of, of the shags fame a- andrew if you want to have an interesting experience just look up uh any song by the shags i like a uh, philosophy of the world yeah it's it's a sweet one yeah. The poor people got what the rich people want, and the rich people want what the poor people got. And yeah, Matt, even you're a better. <laughs> and I see this as someone who loves the Shags dearly. Even you're a better singer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like we've said many times, I am no stranger to bizarre vocalists, but um, it's, it's I think it's a tonal thing for me in this case. I mean, no offense, Polly, but because you're working with what you got and good for you, but um, <laughs> what you had. And um, but I think it goes back to the whole, you know, this is I'm I've kind of gotten past the point of being of wasting time and energy actively hating things like um, on the message board that I frequent people were trashing the john mayer record as a douchebag and they were like i hate john mayer and i was like what i mean fine but why would you waste your time actively hating a celebrity or actively hating anything for that matter i mean like why i mean this is how rich felt about paradise valley like why not just let it be somewhere far away from you like why waste the time and the energy actively disliking something this is well let me correct you on that that. Let let me correct you one thing it's not no i actually it i don't hate paradise valley not because i don't not because I don't want to hate it, because it just it didn't mm. even inspire any th- any strong emotion to make me want to hate it. Mm. But I still agree with you in theory. Uh, you know, I'm trying to save my hatred for things that really deserve it, like you know, uh, you know, the kind of people who uh, think that. Uh, oh, how can I put this politely? I'm saving my hate for people who are hateful themselves. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there was a tweet by somebody. I forget what it was, but it was like, "Be wary of people who take." who like be 
be wary of people who dislike things or something like that. And that's like it's really been speaking to me lately. Just you know, again, why you know waste the the effort you know disliking something? Even like politicians, like oh my god, I hate Obama, I hate Obama. Like why? Why? I mean, I guess if that's if that's doing something for you to feeling to feel those angry feelings, like I guess keep doing it. But I just can't see the point in in harboring resentment for things that really just have nothing to do with you. Mm. Yeah, pretty. Ed, I, I'm with you there. I'm with you in there, man. Um, what is the value? There isn't any. Yeah. Um, so we're at five, 55 minutes, though. Uh, I mean, I think some of that's like caught up with some other stuff. Do we want to briefly talk about what uh, the like leak album leaks, or do we want to like table that and talk about it in two weeks from now? We can do either. I don't know how much you guys have to say about album leaks. I don't know if I have much to say. Yeah, what I, were you guys planning on saying? I, I I didn't even realize we were we, we had the topic. <laughs> uh, yeah, all right, let, let, let's just table. This that. is a professional program. Totally. <laughs> we'll we'll just table this uh, for for two weeks from now. Um, so we, we should we'll, let's uh, wrap it up, I guess. Um, so well, we got uh, we we all decided on what we're picking for next week, and we did. Uh, Matt, I'm not surprised by uh, by your pick at all. Yeah, I um I actually went with the new Nine Inch Nails album, Hesitation Marks. Um, I, I figured it was either that or the new Janelle Monae, but I I don't know if that is. I think that's coming out next week, so I wasn't 100 percent sure if it was because like I I totally thought the Nico Case album was coming out next week and it came out this week. So wah wah. Shows what I know. But anyway, though, the uh, I believe the uh, track I'm probably going to talk about is probably going to be uh, Comeback Haunted, but we'll we'll see what what there is. Because right now I've only listened to it once, but it did kick my ass. So I just need to settle down. So, But go with, go with uh, Comeback Haunted, just because it can't really... Or I, came think back mean, I think you mean Came Back Haunted. Came Back Haunted. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes. I'm looking forward to that because I... Um, need a nine inch nails education. So I'm looking forward to that pick. Cool. And I, and I think too, we can also kind of talk about like the different versions too, because they also released a, um, for download, a auto audio file mastered version, which so far I've only heard the normal master. Uh, I did have both. I just, uh, I need to see what the, what the difference is and whatnot. Cause I actually do have a pretty good sound system, which they said is like, basically if you don't have one, it's not going to matter. And so since I do, and I am kind of an audiophile geek. Um, as long as you're not like, you know, buying CD demagnetizers or wood knobs <laughs> that don't uh, change the sound of your thing. or <laughs> well, well, I've used my, my monster cables into a big box of a, a wine demagnetizer. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, keep going. <laughs> uh, um. Andrew, you, you've got to pick next week. Oh, yes. Um, so I think what I'm going to talk about is uh, I feel like I've been listening to a lot of new music lately, but um, I think I'm going to talk about the Band of Horses record, Everything All the Time, uh, 2006 record, uh, 2006 record, Band of Horses, Everything All the Time. I'll give you a few tracks. Um, probably start off with the first track, which is called The First Song. Um, that's Hoagie, Oh, that's I would real recommend. original. Oh, yeah. And then I would go... Uh, recommend listening to the funeral and the great salt lake as well um as the other tracks so start with those three i I didn't know that you were a brony i don't oh i get it (laughs) (laughs) okay and my pick for uh the next episode is well i'm going old school i'm going with the band con 
or possibly <laughs> or possibly can con i think it's i think it's pronounced con because they're german the album is called monster movie and the song i've picked uh, that you should pay attention to is you do right um pack a lunch <laughs> so where can we find each other online andrewmarvin.net andrew marvin on twitter andrew marvin on app.net andrew marvin on last fm andrew marvin.tumblr.com kittysneezes.com kittysneezes.tumblr.com kittysneezes on the twitter on the app net and just to change things up rev me on last fm yeah. uh sanspoint.com sanspoint on the twitter and the last fm and the this and the that and pretty much yeah yeah all that and of course we are crush on radio.com crush on radio on the twitters we still don't have an app net and we're on itunes so please give us a review give us five stars and good things will happen i'm not saying exactly what but uh, i promise if you leave us a nice five-star review good things will happen sexual favors at the long winters concert <laughs> what <laughs> top five show good job guys <laughs> <laughs> well uh thanks thanks for listening uh great talking to you guys this one's getting submitted to the academy <laughs> <laughs> bye 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 <laughs> Identity is the crisis, can't you see? Identity, identity. Wow. <laughs>